0: I want to share with us the next I am statement of Jesus according to the Gospel of John. Are we busy with a series called When All is Said and Done? And to be really honest with you this morning, in preparing for this message this week, I I held a little bit of a temptation to try and preach this saying of Jesus that we're going to look at today in a new fashion or in a unique way because of the simplicity of it. It is just so simple. And my prayer this morning is that the simplicity of what we're gonna look at today would be so gloriously beautiful to us again that we just want that. You see, we can come with clever words and tweetable quotes and say stuff that everyone goes like, yeah, drop the mic. But I don't want to drop the mic on anything but the truth of what Jesus said. I want us to, to hear the word this morning in its simplicity and in its beauty. And I believe God will do something powerful in every heart this morning so I want to start this morning by praying for us before we read and before I take us through the text and then we're going to look at our text for this morning so let's close our eyes and let's pray together Jesus thank you that you are the all-sufficient one that in you is every spiritual blessing that you've given to us as our inheritance as sons and daughters of the most high God Thank you that every word that you spoke is the highest form of truth and that we can trust it. Thank you, Lord, that when we do put our faith in you and, and put your words to the test, it is truthful every single time. It never returns void. It accomplishes what it's destined to accomplish. And I pray this morning that as we study your words and look at your interaction with with your followers through these words, that the simplicity of what you've done for us would become beautiful to us again. That we wouldn't wanna try and complicate it, that we wouldn't wanna try and put clever theology or smart words to it, but that we would simply just see the beauty of the essence of the gospel for what it is. I pray, Lord, that as we study your word, that you would speak to every heart, And that every heart would hunger after this simple truth of who you are. And we trust you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. When all is said and done, it's a journey through the gospel of John in us reading together as family in our daily reading plan. But it's specifically stopping at the seven I am sayings of Jesus. Now I don't know who's got plans for a Father's Day lunch I hope that there's a seven-course meal on the way for you. But we on the sixth course of this, this journey this morning. I just want us to look at what we have already enjoyed and discovered, that I am the bread of life. Whoever eats from me that hunger in your soul, I will satisfy it. I am the light of the world. If you feel like you're stuck in a dark room, I'm that light switch that lights all the darkness around you. And the darkness cannot comprehend it and keep it away. I am that light. I'm the door, I'm the entrance, I'm the one that gives you entrance into my fold and to becoming one that follows me and I am the good shepherd. We did those two together in on one Sunday. I am the one that calls out with my voice and my sheep knows my voice and I will lead them and take care of them and if any of them get lost, I will leave the 99 and go and find that one because I love you that much. I am the resurrection and the life, the very thing that you dread most in this life, death. I have overcome. And then this morning, we're going to look at Jesus' words when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And to help us, we're going to read together from John chapter 13 and 14. We're going to start this morning's reading in John 13, 31, if you want to turn your Bibles there. But I want to take a moment to give a little bit of context of what's happened before Jesus has said He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's gathered with his disciples and in a beautiful moment of where he washes his disciples' feet, a very telling moment of Jesus saying to his disciples, you know what, this is what I do. I clean, I wash you clean from your dirt. I come and I take away the things that stick to you as you walk through this, this life and through this world. And he bends down and he washes their feet. And we remember what Peter did. He said, God, there's no way, Jesus, there's no way that you're gonna wash my feet. Uh, I should be washing yours. And then Jesus speaks to them about about serving with the love of of Christ. And he said, do this with everyone else. Go with my words and go and serve the world with this message of, of being washed whiter than snow. And then Judas Iscariot And Jesus had their moment and Judas then left the the disciples in that moment and from there, Jesus then spoke and this is what he said. Verse 31, chapter 13. When Judas had gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I say to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go prepare a place for you? that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we, will be, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Thomas asks the question that has echoed through history in every human heart How can we know the way? How can we know the way to the Father? How can we know the way to heaven? How can we know the way to the end? I believe every human heart asks this question at some point. I believe even the agnostic or the atheist battles with this question. If there is an afterlife, if there is another place, something that happens once I pass away, how can I know the way? And it's on that question that Jesus comes and he reveals One of the most extraordinary truths of our belief is that he is that way. He is that truth, and he is the life that we need to help help answer that question. It's important that you get this this morning. Jesus doesn't point to the way and says, hey, I want you to walk down this line, take a shot left, walk 500 meters, sharp right, keep going, keep going for four kilometers, and then you'll get to some gates, and that's the way. He doesn't point to the way he says I am the way. It's in you coming to me and then he says and I'm in you and we walking this out together that you'll find the way to the father that you'll get to the finish line. On Thursday I had a real fun moment at home. It was late afternoon and Helena was out with an appointment and Alika said ask me if we can play hide and seek. Now She's nine years old, and you're quite aware of your children growing up quite fast. So when she said, can we play hide-and-seek, I'm like, yes, we can play hide-and-seek. I want that, that whole idea of the little girl still running around, and daddy's got to find her. It's just so precious. So for an hour long, we played hide-and-seek. And the way we've always played it, since I can remember her being small, is I would go hide uh, sometimes in quite difficult spaces, and then I'd, I'd let her look for me. But then after a while, I start calling out her name in a funny way. I'm not going to do it this morning. Just, if you get, no, no, no. Coffee, steak for lunch, any takers? Okay, you see, got to go both ways. You can't get me to do stuff and you guys do nothing. (laughs) Doesn't work like that. So, after a little while, I would would call out, but I I would usually listen if she's not too close because if I call out when she's really close then it's going to be game over for me and then I need to do the seeking. So, I call out and then I hear little feet coming closer, and then I'm dead quiet. And eventually, after a while, just call it out, and then she finds me, and then the game turns around. But I was thinking about that. You know what? If that was Jesus playing hide and seek with her, he would have gone and, and hide behind the couch. And in the same time, he would have come and walked up and said, Let's go find Jesus. I know where he is. And he would walk to behind the couch where Jesus is. He doesn't call out from the distance, he becomes the way. the end he doesn't just point to the end or calls out at the end he says I am the way coming through me and coming to me will be the way that you need to get to the father and what's quite amazing about this whole ordeal is that these disciples have been with him for so long and they still haven't got this figured out and there's this conversation between him and Peter and him and Thomas and him and Philip about Lord but help us understand this the characteristics and the personalities of the disciples definitely show in this conversation. And um, first of all, we see a Peter is the kind of guy that likes to take matters into his own hands. Um, he's got quite a bit of a track record. Um, when Jesus wanted to wash his feet, he's like, no way, Jesus. Uh-uh. I, you're not washing my feet. It's almost like he wants to tell Jesus what Jesus should, should do. And then the other time when Jesus said that he, he's going to be killed and died, he said, there's no way, Jesus, you're not going to be killed. And then Jesus rebuked him and said, get behind me. Like, let me be Jesus. And, and, and we see again here that he tries and figure it out. And later on, when they came to arrest Jesus, he pulls his sword and he chops off the ear of one of the, the soldiers. And it's almost like Jesus is turning to Peter and just saying, stop trying. Stop trying so hard, Peter. He's saying again, Lord Jesus, I will lay down my life for you. And then Jesus says, you'll lay down your life for me? Peter, it's about me laying down my life for you. It's about me washing your feet. It's about me going the full way of that which the Father intended for me. So can you just stop trying? Stop doing it out of your own strength and your own ideas. Because if you come to me, I am the way. It's not by anything that you do that you will find the way. It's simply coming to me and so many of us might find ourselves thinking like Peter and we try and we try once more and we try again to please God or try and find the way to him and Jesus is standing in front of us he just said it's just me just come to me it's that simple we complicate things and we live in a complicated and just crazy world today where there's so many ideas and thoughts and If we try harder and put more effort into it, we might just find the way to Jesus. And he's saying, take that off you. Stop trying. Stop trying out of your own strength. I am the very way that you want to get into. If you look at the major world religions today, it's all about trying. It's all about our own attempts. Buddhism. It's a list of spiritual practices. You've got to exercise restraint, dedicate yourself to deep meditation, hours of it, fasting, you've got to have self-discipline and self-denial, and the whole goal is to stop the rebirths that they believe humans go through, the cycle of dying and being reborn. So if you're a good Buddhist at the end, and you've done all the things right, and you've, you've had that self-discipline, that cycle will stop, so well done, you've reached the end. Hinduism, it's all about your position in life now is a reflection of what you were before. So if you were bad in the previous life and you did bad stuff and you didn't do the right things, then you're gonna reincarnate into a state of suffering. And if you're in the state of suffering and you really make it happen and you work hard, then karma will follow again and you might just reincarnate into a better state. And in in all of that, you you fashion after your own desires for yourself, gods and shrines that you have to build and make with your own hands. And and these guys sometimes spent millions of of rupees on building a temple for a a false god. It's all about the doing so that they can just please the ultimate deity that they believe in. Again, they're trying. It's attempting out of themselves. New age spirituality is about practicing certain techniques and understanding how the techniques work and how it's all linked to the universe and and the earth and all these things and you've gotta exercise your breathing and your meditating and and you've gotta just work really hard in doing a whole lot of stuff and then ultimately you might reach a place of personal awareness that you yourself become the God that you worship. Islam is about believing in Allah Which is a a powerful and strict judge. And you better make sure that your religious devotion and practices and good works are in good way so that one day you will step into eternity. See, it's all about trying. It's all about trying in our own effort that one day we might get the way. And Jesus comes into the story and he says, I am that way. Will you stop trying? And even us as Christians, because here we're talking about Peter who's walked with Jesus, we find ourselves in this trap so many times. You've sinned, you've made a mistake, you feel far from God, and it's true because your sin separates you from God, and then you just feel like you've got to do so much more to prove to yourself or whoever you offended that you and God are okay, and he's standing all along and he says, come unto me, I am the way to the Father. Through me, you will step into the truth, and you will receive The life that I have for you. So maybe this morning some of you are trying really hard. And Jesus just says, Stop trying, I am the way. I've done it. I've prepared the way. I've made the way. Thomas, we might know him as doubting Thomas. It's almost as if God says, Jesus says to him, Stop doubting. You know what? He says, God, how do we know? I don't know. I'm confused. Is this even possible to find you? I'm not sure what the way is. I'm just, I'm just, I doubt. I don't know anymore. And it's out of that that Jesus responds to him. He says, If you've known me, you have known the Father, and you've known the way. So stop worrying and figuring out and doubting that you actually know me, because you do know me, Thomas. And because you know me, you know the Father. And for many of us, we find ourselves there just. Just doubting, like, God, is this right? Is this the way? Have I got it figured out? If you know Jesus and you walk with Jesus, then you've got it figured out. So don't let the enemy lie to you and keep on doubting that you are on the way. That's the beauty of what he said when he says, I am the way. Come to me and we're gonna walk this journey together until the end into everlasting life. Then there's Philip. Man, let's go back to when Jesus had to to make a whole lot of bread and fish from a whole little. And there were the multitudes, and they were hungry. And Jesus, the Bible says, turned to Philip to test him and said, Philip, we want to feed these people with some bread and fish. Can you go and buy some? And then Philip's brain goes into reasoning mode. It's like running the numbers. And he's overwhelmed. And he says, well, if I think about it, Jesus, even if we had 200 denarii, it would not, never be enough to feed all these people. I don't know if we're going to get that much money, but even if we had it, impossible. And here he does it again. He says, Jesus, if you can just show us everything, then, then," because in here it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You say you're the way, the truth, and we've seen the Father, but just show us the Father. And, And Jesus says, Philip, really? After all this time, you're still reasoning up here to try and figure out what this walking in the way looks like? You've seen me. I am the Father, the Father is in me. You don't have to reason anymore. I want to speak to your heart and I want you to get your head out of the way. (laughs) He's telling Philip in this moment. Can you stop reasoning? And some of us find ourselves there. We're trying to figure out the math of Christianity. If this, then that, and then maybe this, and then that, and then, oh, okay, yes, now it makes sense. It never makes sense that Jesus, who's the perfect one, We didn't have any sin, should die for our sins. That doesn't make sense. Christianity doesn't make sense, guys. This is the beauty of it. It doesn't make sense that God would come, and because of his mercy and his love, he would do everything. And all he asks of us is to accept that he has done everything complete grace is complete opposite to the world religions that holds up all the ticking boxes that you've got to get through in order to find the way so some of us need to stop reasoning maybe there's some peters this morning maybe there's some Thomases. maybe there's some phillips that you can relate in your own life yes pierre i do doubt many times yes pierre i do try and figure it out up here maybe maybe you're just trying really hard to seek the acceptance of Jesus Christ. You know what? If, if something has to happen to Henry today and he's in an accident and he gets paralyzed and he can never speak with his radio voice anymore and, and read the Bible like we all would like to. Like, I mean, that's quite amazing. I mean, that's a gift. It's, just, it's powerful. Like Psalm 27 verse 4. God Loves you. I mean, uh, it's just like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) 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 Hallelujah. It's just, can we cheer God just for the gift that he has? (laughs) But say he gets into into an accident and he can't speak anymore. He can't walk. He's just, he's paralyzed. You know that if he never speaks again and never shares the gospel again, if he never does anything ever again, that God is fully pleased with him. Because of what Jesus has done at the cross, and because He is one that's come to the way. See, Jesus, coming to you, I don't want you to point the way I'm walking with you, because you are the way into all truth and into life. That's the beauty of this message this morning. I want to read again what Jesus said. "I am the way, the truth and the life. No one, everyone says, no one. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's absolutely no all roads lead to Rome situation here in the words of what Jesus said. And there's absolutely no, let me twist the Bible and my idea of Jesus that it fits me in what he said here. The guys right before us, Peter, Thomas, and Philip, were a little bit at odds with all the truth. And I said, Jesus, help us here. And he says, I am it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Just come to me, because no one can find any other way. If you are on any other way this morning, I want to say this morning boldly that the only way is Jesus, and he's the one that through him we get to the Father, and he's saying this morning to you, come unto me, there's an invitation in this statement. Come unto me, I want to invite you and understand, see you understand that the way to the Father is simply by walking with me, and being a follower of my ways. One of my favorite things that we read this morning is where he speaks to their hearts. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. The human condition generally is a troubled heart. Who had a troubled heart this week by stuff? I'm in good company this morning, because that was me as well. You see, our human heart is to get stressed, worried, troubled, troubled, By things and Jesus knew this. So in the midst of him proclaiming to them that he's the way the truth in life, he speaks to their hearts. He says, Let your heads just put it on pause for a minute, let me speak to your hearts. Because I don't want your hearts to be troubled. Here's the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And until we allow Jesus to speak this very truth to our hearts, we will have troubled hearts. And you know what? We've got to hear that truth daily. We've got to wake up in the morning and not flick through our phone and our emails and whatever it is that you do first thing in the morning. You've got to take a moment when you wake up and say, okay, Jesus, here's my heart. It is troubled. But can you speak to it? And you know what he's going to say? He says, walk with me. I am the way. Walk with me. I'll show you the truth and the true way. And walk with me. You will find life. Daily, speaking to our troubled hearts. And then he explains to us, following that, three things why our hearts should not be troubled. He speaks about a large home, a narrow road, and trustworthy companions. He said to them, let your hearts not be troubled, because in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? He's saying, in the place where my father dwells, the dwelling place of the Most High, of the Father, there's a vast open space for you to come and live in. Many rooms, the dwelling place of God is wide open. There's space for you. So don't let your heart be troubled. You don't have to try and get in there or force your way or think if I don't run as fast as my friend does who really loves Jesus, he's gonna get through the door and in, locked up, no more spark parking space available. Saying it's vast. But it's important to note at this point that preparing a place for you does not mean that Jesus has learned his carpeting skills on earth and now he's up in heaven building some homes for all of us. (laughs) Because maybe that's how some of us think. Okay, so it means that he's now in heaven and he's busy assembling a home. And you know what, Michelle was really good last year. So I'm gonna give her the the lounge suite that she really wanted, which she couldn't have on earth because she needed to wait for heaven to get that. That's the wrong idea of what Jesus said when he said, I'm preparing a place for you. What he was saying there, and this is why he told his disciples, you cannot follow me now. He said, I'm going to prepare a place through death into life for you. I need to go and face death and do what I need to do there and kill it and deal with it once and for all. And when I've done that, I can come back to you and I can take you into everlasting life. And we could never do that for ourselves this is the beauty of the gospel once again Jesus goes ahead and he prepares the way and as he prepares the way he becomes the way and then we walk in that very way that he has given each one of us and that's for the here and now but then reading Revelation 21 we see that there is that glorious day where the perfect state of being in his presence will be reality for each one of us who follows him, on the day that he returns and he judges once and finally over all the world, he's gonna take us to an eternal state of being in his dwelling. We read in Revelation 21, four, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former days and things have passed away. Every tear, every moment of crying, every pain, the old is gone, the new has come. My father's dwelling is vast. So don't let your hearts be troubled in this life, my little children. Because there's a glorious dwelling that is awaiting you. And then we're gonna see later on in my message how that glorious dwelling is even available today as he indwells us and lives inside of us through his spirit. Secondly, he speaks about the narrow road. The question that we all ask, how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. The Bible speaks about in Matthew where Jesus speaks about the way, the truth, and the life. And let's read it together. It says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. There's a large home, but there's a narrow road. And the actual word that was used there, and you will find this if you're reading the King James Version this morning, is, straight road, and not straight like one line from here to there, straight, S-T-R-A-I-T. Straight is a, a channel or a piece of water that connects two masses of bigger water with one another. So I don't know if you've heard about the Strait of Gibraltar, that's one example, but there's two masses of water being connected with a channel, and Jesus says, that's where you find yourself, and that's the way that I have called you to walk in, and to be in, it's not in the masses of the water around. And I thought about this, isn't it so true in our walk through life that the currents and the tide and the, the things of the ocean of this world is constantly trying to pull us into those spaces, right? And Jesus says, I'm in that middle space of rest and peace where you're not being pulled in to all the currents of this world. That's what it means to be in the narrow space, to be in that space with Jesus, where you feel you are okay and you are walking in the way. And I want to explain it to you in a simple way this morning. Dave, come join me. Dave is representing Jesus as he does so well. Mexican Jesus for this morning. Hola. Hola. I'm, I'm sorry, but this muster of ease. I just, come on. Well done. You're, you're much bolder than I am. So, Jesus is. So, let's, for example, say you guys are the one mass of water on this side, and there's a whole lot of tides and currents and things that want to pull us in, and then you guys are on this side, and I'm walking with Jesus, and they say, Let's go down the straight road, the narrow road, and I'm walking with him, and then as I walk with him, there's things and desires that I want on this side that just looks amazing. So, I don't know what it is. Let's maybe not talk about desires yet. Let's say. Nick does something terrible to me and I'm deeply offended and I'm so angry and I, 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 I don't want to forgive him because he's been that bad to me and then I want to go and gossip and tell everyone how terribly bad Nick is now Jesus and I, I'm walking down this road and then I've got a choice to make will I stick it out with Jesus because if I'm with him he becomes the way or will I go and lean into this mass of water on this side and just let my filth come out and And then we've got a choice to make here. Will I stick with Jesus or will I go into this side? And then we walk on further down the line. And here on this side at the empty chair is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And there's things that happen in my brain. And then I'm challenged to not be tempted and lean into that. And and then Jesus is walking with me and says, Pierre, you can stay on the straight. You can stay in this middle place of rest where we're walking together. Or you can lean into there. You've got free choice. It's entirely up to you. And then we fight this battle with ourselves the whole time. Thank you, Dave. And this is the whole key that I want to share with you this morning, where Jesus said, I am that way. If you walk with me and if you, you, you let me walk with you, we're going we're gonna to walk this out together. Then the things of the world and the temptations and the flesh and the things that you're looking at and that you desire or that anger that you have or that offense that you're carrying doesn't matter anymore because you've got me and I'm the way to the Father to just keep walking with me. That's what he said when he said, those who love me will do my commands. Those who love me and who's walking with me will follow the precepts and the commandments that I've put in place. You see, we we flip it around. We say, in order to love Jesus, I've gotta do a whole lot of things. I've gotta not do this, not do this, gotta do that, try better here. Again, we end up like Peter, trying really hard. find the way where it's rather like this and I want to just paraphrase John 14 verse 15 love me and you will keep the way the invitation of coming to Jesus as the way is simply loving him and loving him so much that if anything at the opposite sides draws to us and we we like it and we might want to lean at it we've got a choice make. do I love Jesus enough that I can say no to this You see, we don't deal with sin by running away from sin. We deal with sin by running to Jesus. We don't get rid of our fallen nature by trying to run away from ourselves, because that's completely impossible. We simply hang on to Christ. And as we hang on with him, we keep walking. And imagine the two doors at the back there is the entrance into eternal life. We keep walking with him, and we make it all the way, and then he becomes the way. He doesn't just point it. And it is a narrow road. And it is a straight line, but it's a place of rest. In that channel, there's a sense of rest. There's no riptides and currents that can pull us out and leave us stranded on the beach. And Jesus is saying, I wanna take you to that place because there you'll find my truth and you'll find my life as I become the way. Then we can forgive, because if we don't forgive, we lose our connection with Jesus. Then we can stop lying. We can stop our gossip. We can stop our envy and comparison because I'm so satisfied with Jesus that I wouldn't even compare with anyone else because I've got the greatest treasure in the world and that's him. See, the whole invitation here is just falling in love with Jesus once again. It's just saying, Jesus, honestly, there's nothing on earth I desire beside you. And it's possible to live in that place. I don't desire a better life. I don't desire a more successful career. I don't desire a new car. I, don't des- I desire you, Jesus. And as we walk in this narrow, straight road, and you become the way, I'm gonna be completely satisfied with you. Because all the things around me is not that important anymore because you are my ultimate, ultimate affection. But not only that, not only is there a large house and a dwelling place that we will dwell in once, one day. And not only does Jesus become that narrow road that gets us there, we've got trustworthy companions that walks this journey with us. Jesus being one of them. But then we also read that he says, I will not leave you as orphans. And then whoever does my my commands and who loves me, me speaking about him and the Father, we will come to him and we will make our home with him. The best way to try and imagine it is is Jesus knocking at the door of your heart, and you opening it up, and he's standing there, and God the Father is standing there with a pillow and a duvet. He says, we want to come and live here. It's a very childlike way to try and explain that to you, but that's what he's saying. Those who love me and walk this narrow road with me, we come and we dwell with them. And not even that we 're going to send the helper, and i 'm going to go to the Father and i 'm going to ask him to send the helper, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Yes, one day in heaven there's going to be a large, vast space we 're going to live in that perfect state with God, but even today we can be in the dwelling place of God as he dwells in us through his spirit. That's what it means to walk in the way is that the Holy Spirit comes and we become the temple, the household of God and he dwells on the inside and then we walk through this narrow road and then the stuff on the opposite side doesn't matter that much anymore and then we stick to truth because we've got Jesus right with us and he speaks to us through this clearly And then we are so assured of the fact that we have eternal life at the end because he has done it. I want to rephrase what Jesus said with these three statements in this way. He's saying to us, as I went to prepare a place for you, I became the way that gets you there. I am the truth that you hold on to get there and I am the life that you will enjoy when you get there. This is all by his doing. This is all the concept of grace communicated in this moment to his disciples and to us today. Grace simply means to make the impossible possible. It is impossible for you in any way to get to the Father, but I've come. And through me, me becoming the way, me keeping you walking in truth, you will step into that life that I have for you. This morning there's an opportunity for us to respond to that grace again. I'm gonna go back to our friends. Maybe you are like Peter, who have really tried hard and you've failed miserably. You know, the more we try to please God and achieve his favor, the harder the failures become because it's all our doing. And he's just wanting to say to some of us stop trying. You don't even have to try, I've made the way. Come here, come unto me, through me, walking with me, down this narrow road, you will get to every promise that I have for you. Maybe you are in that doubting space, you might have been around church, you might have been a Christian for all your life, but you are just doubting that Jesus has given you everything that you need, or that you will find the way. I believe that this morning the Holy Spirit wants to speak to doubting hearts. And just tell you that no, no, no. You've got everything you need. There's no need for new revelation. There's no need for a greater depth of disc- new discoveries about Jesus. It's all in here, the full truth. It saddens me that people think there's still stuff that, that we need to go find. He said, through the cross, we receive every spiritual blessing. The full, full full gift has come from him. So you don't have to constantly try and find more or doubt that you are on the way. If you've come to me, you are on the way. And if you walk with me daily, you will find the way through the narrow and the straight path. Or maybe you like Philip, you reason through stuff. And you know what? As I said, it's personalities. God made us all different. But maybe your, your reasoning needs to drop from here to your heart. Maybe you need to stop trying to figure out the way to the Father and let Jesus just show you this morning that he, the way he's standing in front of you and he's ready to embrace you and that's all you need to get to the Father today. Let's close our eyes. I wanna pray for us. I want you to take a moment and consider the message I shared this morning. And I'm gonna ask In a minute, I'm gonna pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to every heart. But I believe as God's gonna speak to us this morning, we will once again have a, a collision with grace. And he's saying, my children, it's not by your doing, but me doing everything for you. This is the beauty of the gospel is that he has given it as a free gift. And unlike all the other religious ideas in the world, you don't have to do anything before you can get it. You can simply come to me. Maybe think about Peter, Thomas, and Philip for a moment and ask yourself if you are living in doubt, if you are living in constant striving to, to feel like you're in with God, if you are living in your reasoning, Holy Spirit, I pray that as our hearts are quiet for a moment, that you'll speak to every heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you dwell in us. You've made your home inside of us. And that you can speak to us this morning because of that. I pray, Lord, that each one of us, if we are finding ourselves on either side of the strait, maybe lost in the oceans of this life, maybe being bashed by the waves, of doubt and fear and concern. Lord, that you would, that you would come and once again and rescue us out and put us in the strait, in the channel where there's peace and there's rest. I pray that you would show everyone how you are coming to stand next to them, put your arm around them and say, let's walk this out together. I wanna walk this out with you. I want to get you to the other side. I want to get you to truth every single day. There's some truth that you believe, that, that's not me. Let me speak my truth to you. And I promise you as we walk together, you will find life in the end. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thank you that you are speaking to us. You guys can look at me. I want to ask a question. How do we respond in a moment like this? It's not about putting up a hand and coming forward and music playing. It's about the condition of your heart before God. And I want to share just from my own walk this week. Friday happened at the end of a whole week of challenges that were a little bit abnormal in my opinion. As if my opinion counts. <laughs> when I say it, you realize it, right? And... It kind of peaked in a moment on Friday afternoon where something happened that was just just so unnecessary and complicated and like, oh my Lord, Lord, here we are again. How am I gonna get through this? And I was so despondent, I got on the phone, I called Eli and I said, okay, here I am. I'm sitting with this. I'm tired, I can't anymore. It's a little bit like what Ulrika shared, overwhelmed. I'm just, I don't understand why is it not making sense? Why am I feeling like this? And I think I said something along the lines, I can't remember because I was in such a desperate state. Like, why can't God just make it a little bit easier? Why does it have to be so hard? Eventually, we managed to figure out what we needed to figure out. And late that night, I was alone in in the room and I just, I watched a, a story. Helena was up working, Alika was around reading. I catched up on a series that I'm watching, and then as I closed the computer, I felt the Holy Spirit just prompt me and say, Pierre, did you really mean what you said earlier today? That you are tired, and that you kind of want to challenge me, and kind of want to throw away that very thing that you hold on to, which is me, the way, are you really, I realized for a moment my own brokenness and my my sinfulness to even think for a moment that I can challenge God like that, that I can allow myself to get to that space of of saying things what I said. It's not that dramatic, but to me it was because I felt for a moment how my walk with Jesus has been broken, and I'm finding myself in the ocean next to me, just getting tossed and turned. And what I did is I said, sorry, I spend some time speaking to the Lord and saying, God, you need to just remind me again that walking with you in this way, you've got this. I don't understand. I don't see it all, but you've got this. And if I'm sticking with you on the straight and the narrow, you said it will be hard, but it does lead to life. So I apologize for the state of my heart and the darkness that I allowed to take the better of me. I went to bed, I slept pretty well because of that prayer but the next morning I woke up and during the day I felt the Lord just prompt me and says Pierre you've got to you've got to take this a step further you've got to go back to Eliana and just correct your wrong and I went to her I said I want to apologize for the things I said and my disbelief and in my pain I said some things that I shouldn't have said out of my desperation and in that moment I could feel how the weight of that moment just lifted and I felt much better And this is the invitation every single time with Jesus. He knows that we go through those hard moments. He knows that there are these oceans surrounding us with so much, but he's saying, stick with me. I'm going to get you through. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Lord Jesus, I pray for every heart here this morning that you have been speaking to throughout the message that they would take the boldness to come back right to you this morning, Lord. Even now as I pray, may they cry out to you and say, Jesus, I'm drawing near, will you draw near to me again and help me stay on this road, which is the way to life, which is the way to truth. Lord, I pray that if any of us have exchanged any false truths for the true you, that you would reveal it to us, that we would be able to to stop partnering with those false truths and really get into who you are. And ultimately, Jesus, we wanna thank you that you paved the way, that you went and prepared the way for us.
1: Lord, even if
0: hard things come, even if struggle comes, and even if it is hard at times, we've got our best companion, our trustworthy companion with us by our side. We've got the power of your spirit in us and we've got the, the heart of the Father and the voice of the Father constantly calling us to himself. And for that, we thank you here this morning. May we be people who believe in the simplicity of this message, that you have made the way and that we can walk in it. And we trust you for that this morning in Jesus' name. And we all say, amen. Amen.